You have no idea what happened $50,000. Your clueless about the money, right? You have no idea what the 50 grand was. I have no idea. None. None. You have no idea. You no. don't know it could have gone here, could have no, gone there. I don't, there. You don't know. I know no nothing. Not clueless. a clue. Not I don't idea. have an idea not, where the motherfucking money is. Not even a little idea, not maybe. Even, not even a little tiny motherfucking idea. Not a polygraph on that. Yeah, if a motherfucker make you happy. Yeah, put it right there. I'll do it. You didn't do anything stupid, Jack. I don't know what you like. <laughs> I like to watch, Eve. What do you mean, you like to watch? I like to watch. I am Don Hall. I'm Don Smith. And this is I Like to Watch. Tonight's uh, movie du jour. Yep, your pick. Is Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown, mm -hmm. based on the Elmore Leonard novel Rum Punch. Mm -hmm. The synopsis is pretty simple. A flight attendant with a criminal past gets nabbed by the FBI for smuggling. Under pressure to become an informant against the drug dealer she works for, she must find a way to secure her future without getting killed. And the funny thing is, that is the synopsis of the book, as well as the movie. Mm -hmm. However, Tarantino famously changed uh, a number of things about this film, about the book, yeah. To make it the film, yep. and uh, and I love that. So it's uh, I'm I'm a big fan. I'm I'm sure you are. I'm a big fan of Quentin Tarantino's yes. uh, nine o nine and his, a half, his, whatever you want to call his films. Oeuvre. His oeuvre. His oeuvre. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. And one of the things, the thing about it is I love every single one of his movies for a lot of reasons, some yep. of them very similar reasons. But I will say that in as much as I love Inglorious Bastards and Django and fucking uh, Reservoir Dogs and Puppet, all of them. Yep, yep, yep. Jackie Brown is my single favorite one. Hmm. Um, it is really based on the... It's the only one he adapted from another story. Correct. As far as I understand. Yes, sir. Um, but the thing, I, the, thing, the thing, and I think this was... I almost think this was accidental from my research, is that there is a genuine love story um, between Pam Greer I mean this this movie stars Pam Greer Robert Forster Samuel L. Jackson Robert fucking De Niro mm -hmm. Bridget Fonda Michael Keaton I yeah. mean this is again yeah. it is typical it's, Quentin Tarantino where he just gets this amazing he, he, he gets his pick of the litter man and, 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 and before we go too deep into it like that's one of my big mad respects for him as a director um, at least at this point in his career um, is having the power to be able to go back and say like, I'm looking beyond the list that you're giving me. You know, yeah. I used to work for a production company. I understand what the list is. You know, whoever you're getting your financing from this, that, and the other, they all have a list of like five actors, 10 actors they want to see in every single role. And it's all the same people. You know what I mean? It's going to be, you know, at a certain point it was Brad Pitt. It was George, Cl you know what I mean? Like, these people are yeah, like Tom Cruise. Cruise. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then beyond that, Tarantino's like, well, I'm, I don't have to look at the list. Like, I can just, I'll, 
I want to cast who I want to cast, and that's who I'm going to cast. And he got that power, uh, for better or worse, through Weinstein. And, you know, we don't need to take up the podcast talking about that piece well, of shit. Well, the thing about it is... But, you know, yeah. he, he... The thing about it is... Go ahead. I, I think, I and I would argue, yeah, I think you're probably right. I, I guarantee you that, that, that Weinstein had... Uh, a lot to do with it, and you know, I think I I can separate those things. However, what I'll say, I actually think he got the power. Um, I don't think it's entirely fair to Quentin Tarantino to say that he got the power from his producers because I this is the thing that I understand. I remember reading about this. Um, it was Keitel um, when he got the script for Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't Weinstein. It wasn't the salary. It wasn't the rest of the cast. It was the script. He read the script and went, I have to be in this. And one of the things that I have to give Tarantino credit, because first and foremost, the guy is a, I mean, I think he's a phenomenal director. Yes. I think I, I think he's got a great eye yeah. for, for he, he's got such a, a reservoir of great cinematic tricks that he's learned from everybody, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But I think at the heart of it, the thing that I'm most impressed with Quentin Tarantino is... He writes amazing dialogue in incredibly well-plotted-out stories. He is, at the heart, one of the best writers I've ever heard. So I think as much as Weinstein has probably got a big... I mean, you know, he wouldn't have been able to make any of these big movies without Weinstein. However... I think Quentin Tarantino wrote Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. He got the talent for Reservoir because mm-hmm. then again, you know, you've got some great talent in there, but they weren't. I mean, other than Keitel, the rest he of them had, were kind of. Uh, he had already written and sold Natural Born Killers. He had already yeah, written yeah. and sold True Romance. So you know what I mean. Like, so once he'd written and directed Reservoir Dogs, yeah. his his ticket was punched. He could do anything he wanted. I think more. I think more so Pulp Fiction, but. But yes. Well, yes. I think Pulp Fiction is the one. Pulp Fiction is the one that put him. I mean, Reservoir Dogs put him on the Hollywood's map. Eye. Right. That's that's the one where the actors Pulp. and the producers and the Pulp. musicians all went. Oh, this is special. Pulp Fiction put him on the Pulp. national, international yeah, scene. Yeah, Pulp Fiction got him the open checkbook. Is what I'm saying. Yes, and that I and agree. that's great. This is his follow up to Pulp Fiction. So the fact that the made. fact that he went. So restrained. Because if you think about it in context, if you think about him writing Natural Born Killers, whatever it looked like without Oliver Stone's version, which Oliver Stone does his own thing, right? But I think True Romance is one of the best Tarantino movies that Tarantino didn't direct. You know? He wrote Mm -hmm. it. It's brilliant. He already sold those. Then he does Reservoir Dogs. Then he does Pulp Fiction. And so to go with this restrained... I think restrained, very adult. That's why I said at the the end of the last episode, I think it's his most mature movie, um, hands down. Um, Yeah, the fact that he went with something like this as his follow-up to Pulp Fiction, you know, it's almost like it's almost like I got to pull myself back. And and again, one of the reasons because I do I agree with you that he's more restrained in this film, but the thing I think that really I think it sets itself apart from every other film that he ever made. Um, is there is a I mean, every other movie is well written, is well plotted, is fun to watch. It's got great fucking music. It's got all the harm, hallmarks. The one thing all those other things, all those other films are missing. And this, I, 
you name a, you name any film, the only thing that even comes close to the relationship between Jackie Brown and Max Cherry, the only thing that even comes close to that relationship and that chemistry and that longing and that camaraderie, the only thing that comes close is between Christoph Waltz and Jamie Foxx and Django. That's the only relationship because there is this longing. There is not. It's it's not a sexual thing or you know, but it's not romantic. Right. But there is a kinship. There is a chemistry between those actors that just. But what I love about yeah, uh, Pam Greer and Robert Forrester is. Oh. Would you like some coffee? If you're having some. I am. Come on in. Why don't you make yourself at home? You know, just, you know, have a seat. You get a chance to use it? Well, I felt a lot safer having it. Oh, the milk went bad while I was in jail. Black's fine. Cool. Would you, uh, care to hang on to it for a while? It wouldn't be legal, but, uh, it makes you feel better, I guess. Well, thanks. I got one now. You went out this morning and bought a gun? What? I didn't hear you. You went out this morning and bought a gun? Well, let's say I got one now, okay? Somebody loan it to you? Yeah. All right. We're on. Might be a little black, man. Do you like to hear some music? Sure. Cool. You know, I couldn't wait to get home last night wash the jail out of my hair. Looks nice. Thanks. You never got into the whole CD revolution? Oh, I got a few. But I can't afford to start all over again. I mean, I've invested too much time and money in my albums. Yeah, but you can't get new stuff on records. <laughs> I don't get new stuff that often. Well, I mean, he got uh, he got his only Academy Award nomination for yeah. this. Um, Forster did is is that there is such, and it's not fast and it's not sexy. It's very simple and it's about a kinship that they both want, but also sadness that they cannot have. And it is it is the heart of this film with all the fucking shit going on and all the funny stuff and fucking uh, Roby. You know, uh, Samuel L. Jackson with his wacky fucking or, hair and his Rastafari. Or Del Roby. You know, with all that shit, all that kind of stuff, the thing is, the heart of this movie is that love story. And he has no other movie he's made with that kind of a love story. I think you hit the word on the head with one word, heart. I don't think this, I don't think any of his other movies have this amount of heart in them. You know, I, I, I love the uh, mother-daughter revenge story thing with Kill Bill. The, it, you know, especially when you combine them, you know, individually they were cool, but like you watch those as a set of a movie, like it's got a lot of heart. 
Not like this. This is like this yeah. is this I is mean, this is this is it's real beautiful. adult cool shit. You know, I mean, the way that those two actors look at each other in their scene, I mean, I mean, everyone needs to find somebody the well, way they look at each other in those scenes. It's, it's just this sim- the simple moment, the very first. Well, it's the it's I love and, and Tarantino is really good about this. It's like when he's telling her at one point when he's decided he's going to retire. Mm-hmm. And she's like, when did you decide this? And you suddenly have this flashback to when he saw her for the very first time when he was picking her up from the prison. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, and, and he doesn't have to say it. it. It's just such good filmmaking. And it's such a good story. And his forlorn look is just extraordinary. It's amazing that she gets two, two introductions in this movie. She, she yeah. Jackie gets the introduction at the beginning of the movie that we follow her in the yeah. airport. Mm-hmm. And then she gets a second introduction when he picks her up. So I yeah. mean, it's just it's it's and that's about what like twenty. I mean, she doesn't appear. Maybe she doesn't appear until like twenty minutes. She has her opening shot in the airport. Yeah. She doesn't appear for another. I mean, I want to go back and look. I th- she doesn't appear for another twenty minutes into the movie. Like twenty minutes. Everyone else yeah. gets introduced. And yeah. then finally, Jackie and then you comes bring her back. back. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just it's one, of, one, one of the things that I think is so fun, yeah. and it, it's one of the things I, I really appreciate about Tarantino is, you know, black exploitation films of the 70s were, were an entire genre yeah. of film yeah. that was all underground. You know, I've been talking about for months, we talk about sort of like the, the IP sort of driven. Uh, sort of the industry behind, you know, the Chinese uh, market of of big and bombastic and, sure, you know, sure, superheroes. Sure. The thing about it is, black exploitation was made by black people. It was made for black people, and it was not he- This was not heavy rotation. This was not big, big money, but it created some iconic stars, iconic stories. And what I love is that Quentin Tarantino appreciated that. And, you know, he's not a black guy. And he wasn't born in, you know, in, in Harlem. He had an appreciation for the filmmaking and the people in those films. And what I read was, I thought this was fascinating, is that when uh, Pam Greer came to audition for him, mm-hmm. he, had, he had posters of coffee, you know, and Foxy Brown mm-hmm. and all this stuff, mm-hmm. all in his office... Mm-hmm. And she came in, and, and, and she wasn't even... She didn't realize she was even auditioning for the lead. No. Um, no. And and then the, the joke was that she said, did you put those posters up because I was coming mm-hmm. in? He said, no, I thought I might have to take them down. Because right. those were already right. up. Because he was already such a huge fan. Yeah. I really love his genuine appreciation for what you can only call a sub-genre of almost ignored by by mainstream America film. Yeah, you know, I, I went back and I'm not big on the black exploitation flicks, right? I mean, I've seen I love I've seen it. I've love seen a, a handful of them. Uh, to me, again, and this is pre fucking woke bullshit, whatever. Even like they make me as uncomfortable as uh, Last House on the Left, Wes Craven's movie. Right, his first movie. Okay, they make yeah, they make me the they make, they make me seen. really uncomfortable because like I like I don't appreciate the violence and I don't know that the violence is necessarily serving the story. 
because a lot of the times the story is fucking generic or derivative. Um, and, and it's well, fine. Like the fact that it, the fact that it created a whole subgenre, the fact that it gave uh, people of color a lot of fucking jobs, you know, back in the day, and, and created icons. Let's be honest, in a lot of ways, um, the fact that it did those things is amazing. Um, a lot of the directors were white. A lot of the producers were white. You know, and oh, that's yeah. why I say with the Weinstein shit, you know, with with Tarantino, it's like it's always going to take a gatekeeper to like give you the money to do the thing. And like the fact that it was done, the fact that he does it as with, with the artistry that he does, like that's what I really appreciate about all of it. The black spotted. Yeah. I went back and watched Coffee and uh, uh, Foxy Brown. Because yeah. how can you not understand those movies without you know uh, looking at what happened with Pam Grier's career and then like uh, why Jackie Brown is such a special movie in my mind? You know to take these actors who. I mean, they really were icons in a big way to a lot of people. Well, one of the things that was very, uh, if you look at the, the history of it, it really kind of started, I mean, this was, I mean, sort of simultaneous to the, to the underground pornography uh, industry. Yeah, 40, the, 42nd, 42nd Street needed a yeah, bunch like, of... Like, like the 60s, yeah, you yeah. suddenly had the Russ Meyer, mm-hmm, you had the Russ mm-hmm. Meyer films where it was tits Was it a faster pussycat kill kill? Faster, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's one of them, it was probably the most famous one, but yeah, he made a ton of fucking movies, like the Roger Corman of sort of like these scat flicks, and it really was, I'm gonna, basically, I'm gonna take hot chicks, I'm gonna give them a reason to get naked and fight, Ooh. We're going to have one protagonist. And so that was a huge underground uh, sort of uh, draw. And so when when black exploitation came around, it was, you know, the, and, and what I have, what's interesting to me about the black exploitation films is across the board, they are the most misogynistic. Um, they're the most misogynistic films I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. However, I can I yeah. can separate my my judgment now and go, okay, why did that sell? Why did people want to see it? Why was this and, and there were a host of reasons. Sure. But it did make stars out of out of uh, a certain number of yeah. people. And Pam Greer, Oof. what I love about Jack going back to Jackie Brown, yeah. and I, I wrote this down, he both with Jackie Brown, he honors the black exploitation films of the seventies, mm-hmm. and yet manages to completely subvert them at the same time. Yes, yeah, I would agree with that. You yep. know, because yeah. she is in. First of all, there's never a moment where she's objectified. No. There's never a moment where she's not completely in control of the men around her. I mean, she she knows how to work the game. Um, there's never a moment where Max Cherry, who is her assistant, but at no point does Robert Forster's as Max Cherry become the hero. No. He is there to help her. Right. But and and so there that line is never crossed where she, she's never a damsel in distress. No. And when she talks to him, she says, I need to do this and I can't do it without you. He doesn't demand, he doesn't try to change her mind, he doesn't try to change her plan, he does not impose any of his manness on her. He just says, okay. And and it, and and that's a really important distinction between the black exploitation films and quite frankly how Pam Greer had been seen in films prior to that. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. I mean the 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 the, the way that her 
Look, I mean, I think Tarantino, I think Sam Jackson, some people say it in some interviews, it's like, we all knew her because of who she was, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, she was, and I'll be honest, she was sexy as fuck, she was badass as fuck, you know? She's sexy as fucking Jackie, Jackie I'll Brown. I'll be honest, like, those, she's only 44 those, years those, old. Oh, no, 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 yeah, she's fucking gorgeous in Jackie Brown, don't get me wrong. Yes, yeah. yes. But, like, the coffee, the foxy brown, you know? Oh, but yeah. But it's just, like, it's a casual, like... Dude fucking just is like, I'm going to do this. And he grabs her and like rips open her shirt. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's really jarring. So the fact that Tarantino did what he did with Jackie Brown, not just as a character, but as an icon, you know, as with Pam Greer, like to be able to like put her into this spotlight, quote unquote. But yeah, she's a badass. She's never taken advantage of it as a movie. Yeah. In, in, in fact, and that's my favorite thing about this movie is all of the machinations that she's doing that we don't hear. A lot yeah. of people like to talk in this movie a lot, especially Sam Jackson. And I think uh, one of the only things that I maybe don't like about this movie, Sam Jackson's just, he's Sam Jackson again. I'm not getting a lot of, like I'm getting so much character from everybody else. I feel relationships with everyone else. Anytime he's on screen in this movie, there's just something about it. And I don't know, maybe it's his later career where he's really fine-tuned the talking at. But like that's what I feel from him in this movie a lot. It's a lot of Oh, a lot see, of I don't get that at all. At. And I'm just like, oh. I read I read well, I think that's the, the it could be the character. That's the character. Fair, fair, fair. One fair, of the fair. things I read fair. about, I read in the research, was that Sam Jackson uh, went back and read. I don't remember if it was two or three of Elmore Leonard's novels okay. because uh, Roby is a recurring character. In that's right. That's right. Yes. So he read up. He really wanted to read up on the character to find out how that character related to people, how he spoke. I mean, he took the time. To actually, and and apparently the hair and the little uh, like little beard braided yeah, beard thing, snake, that was snake, all yeah. that that yeah that was all Sam Jackson's sure. idea. That wasn't Quentin Tarantino. That wasn't a costume designer. He came in and said, "This is how I want. This is what I want to look like." So I think he did create a character. I actually think that character is someone that just talks at that's, people uh, that's, because he's not listening. It's fair, and, and I bring this up because. Uh, apparently, one of the things I came across in, in in some research was Tarantino wrote that character from him, like his own perspective. Like he said, "I was Ordell. I spent however many months, with, you know, a year and a half, however, however long it took to write it. I am Ordell. And one of the hardest things I ever had to do was give it over to Sam Jackson to play the character. But let me tell you, though, man, you put this bad boy in a flick. Every motherfucker out there want one. I'm serious as a heart attack. When them Hong Kong flicks came out, every nigga in the world had to have a 45. And they ain't want one. They want two. Because all them niggas want to be the killer. But what them flicks don't tell you and what they don't know is that a 45 got a serious fucking jamming problem. Now, I try to steal my customers told a 9mm because it's damn near the same weapon. They ain't got half the jamming problems. But you know how them niggas is out there. You can't tell them shit. They want a 45. The killer had a 45. They want a 45. Thanks, baby. Mm-hmm. Who's your partner? Mm. Cat named Mr. Walker runs a fishing boat out of Mexico. I get the merchandise to him, he gets it out to my customers on all my bulk sales anyway. Before I set that nigga up, he ain't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. Now, 
That motherfucker rolling in cash. Got himself a yacht with all kind of high-tech navigational shit on it. Uh, 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 here we go. AK-47, the very best there is. When you absolutely, positively got to kill every motherfucker in the room, except no substitutes. And it's like, oh, that's, that's really, that's, that's really very interesting because like, what does that mean? You know, um, and I don't want to, you know, go, go too much into it or read too much into it. I mean, watch the well, movie Tarantino for what it is. Tarantino talks at well, people. Well, yes. Tarantino talks at he people. Fucking does. The thing is, so. <laughs> would, I want, would I want to have an extended meal with no. Tarantino? No. no. No, the guy's fucking obnoxious. No. However, no. I'd love that to work doesn't with him. change the fact that he's... Oh, yeah, you know, I, you know, I don't want to be around him a lot, but I also think it's really interesting that uh, Forrester, um, Robert Forrester, plays Max Cherry... Uh, pretty much, uh, he auditioned for a role in uh, Reservoir yeah, Dogs, the, the, and he the wasn't bo- right the boss, for the part. The crime boss, yeah, yeah, and and he wasn't right for the part. And Tarantino said, "Yeah, we'll work," and then didn't see him for mm-hmm. years. And he ran into Forrester in a restaurant, and Forrester didn't even have his career was so no, fucked. Yeah, his, he didn't even have an agent right, anymore. Right. And and right. and Tarantino just offered him the role on the spot, yeah. which effectively and it's one of the things Tarantino is very clear he doesn't cast to revive no. careers he no. casts for for and the I roles think, that he got but he does manage to revive yes, careers he does. That, I that think that he cares I think he I think he cares about storytellers I mean I really do you yeah. know I mean the guy the guy so you know he's clearly on the spectrum I think we're all on some fucking kind of spectrum of him, you know but um yeah I he really cares about storytelling and filmmaking and you know i don't know i don't know i mean there are some people i feel uh still do uh i really hope he doesn't stop at what did he say he's gonna stop at 10 movies 10 you know i kind of hope he does um i actually think that's yeah yeah, i think that's kind of brilliant i hope he doesn't pull a soderbergh where he says i'm retired well no no no. well that's stupid i mean nobody should ever announce their fucking retirement and just if you want to retire well i mean you know tarantino's tarantino said his thing what i what i hope he does is that he uh he ends up making his 10th film and says i'm not going to direct any more movies and then he writes and then and then focuses a lot of his attention, like he's got the theater in uh, in LA. Yeah, yeah, no, no, like, no, that place is like awesome. It's well, it's one of the things that I love about is Scorsese. Awesome. Is Scorsese has dedicated a whole portion of his of his professional life to restoring film preservation. Films. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I think Tarantino has an entire genre, like several subgenres mm-hmm. of films, that I guarantee you Scorsese's not preserving. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know. Scorsese's not preserving Hong Kong action films. He's not preserving black exploitation films. He's not. So this gives Tarantino an opportunity to kind of contribute to the greater art form beyond his own uh, input, and I think that's good. Um, one of the things I have to point out, and I and I know this about you, you've met Robert Forrester. Yes, yes, I did. So yeah, because one of the things I noticed that I thought was very interesting, and I didn't even realize it because I haven't watched it for a couple of years, is he he says, and I looked mm-hmm. it up, is that Robert Forrester, Max Cherry, is fifty six years old in Jackie yeah. Brown, and I I I I was taken aback by that because he doesn't say it until the very end, and then I I had to I I went what the fuck, <laughs> and I wrote it down, and then I looked it up, and sure enough. 
this broke ass older guy is uh, is fifty six years old, and I am right now fifty six years old. And I went, well, that's a mind. Sure, I, I you know I think. I think when you watch anything, you gotta take it all with a grain of salt. I don't. I didn't do the math on where he actually was in the movie. Did you? He was he actually, was actually 56. fifty-six. He was actually just fifty-six say, look, when look, he did the movie. He he like a lot of like older school like Clue Gallagher and uh, uh, J T <laughs> Walsh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there are these guys that I'm like, how old were you? Like or, or like Arlie Ermy is a great one, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You just look at these guys. Like, how old were you? You always looked sixty to me. Like, I don't know what what Wilford Brimley, you know, uh, uh, Sam yeah. Watterson, like all these guys. You're just like, you always look sixty. I have no idea what age you were when you were doing. Yeah, you, I just, you look maybe, far maybe better I, at your age than. Well, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not, as, I'm not as, as hard a life as I'm Max not Cherry Rexner, or uh, Robert Richards. So tell me, <laughs> tell me about how you met Rob. Because I, like I said, uh, I know for a fact that you've met Robert Forrester. You did a reading with him or something. So tell us about that. I want, I want to hear about it was that a, story. It was a. Uh, I did. I'd done a play out here in Los Angeles, and these uh, nice folks came to come see it and had a great time and uh george and julie gallo uh george gallo wrote uh midnight run and trapped in paradise yeah. and directed trapped in paradise he's written a bunch of movies anyway they came to see the play and we just became kind of friends friendly and you know um at a certain point george had a screenplay that he was having a, a table read of at this big agency in in los angeles and they just emailed me and were like Here's the script. What do you want to read? So I just emailed them back, and I was like, "Oh my god, thank you so much! Like that's amazing." And uh, had no idea what to expect. So I show up at this big building in 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 in, in Century City, and uh, walk into an elevator with DB Sweeney, of all people, who's a, <laughs> who's a Chicago guy. So it's like, of course, I know who DB. Yeah, 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 is. I know DB Sweeney. But I'm like, I'm in the elevator with fucking DB. Okay, all right. And he's very nice. He's like. Hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm doing all right. How you doing? Oh, okay, cool. We go upstairs. We both get off on the same floor. We're both going to the same conference room. I'm like, where the fuck am I going? What if who is? Then I walk in and there's Robert Forrester, Mike Starr, Anne Haish. I'm just like, what? There's like seven people in the room. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't belong here. Like, this is really weird. And then um, Al Pacino fucking shows up at some point and he's the lead. He's the lead of the fucking uh, movie that George wrote. And um, yeah, it was really weird. But yeah, Forcer, really fucking sweet guy. Just like a really sweet guy. You know, we were, we were uh, getting fruit from the uh, little spread that they had. You know, they got bagels and shit and fruit and fancy places. And uh, we're getting some fruit and... Hey, how are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Yeah, well, we're here with all these people. That must be nice. And I said, well, yes, that it, it is very nice. That was it. Like, that was our exchange, you know? Like, <laughs> do the fucking thing. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. He was just a yeah, sweet no, I, guy. I, I, the thing is, I love I love Robert Forrester. I, I want it. He's one of those, this character, the Max Cherry character. He's, I want he to is believe that, yes. that's exactly yes. who I mean, he yes. is because yes. I love Max yes. Cherry. I love... I want to be with that. I want to hang out with that guy. I want to talk to that guy. I want to be his Winston. You know, he, he come on. He seems to be that guy. 
I mean, he just, he's, he was at that point, at that point in life, like he just super laid back. It's not even like, hi, I'm so-and-so. It's just like, yeah, I'm just, hey, how are you? Nice to see you. We're in the same place. Yeah. You know, where I've had other people that I've met and they're like, hi, I'm, uh, and they just drop their first name. Like you should know, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I do know, but all right. Hi. Um, no, but yeah, he was, yeah, he was just really, just really fucking laid back and cool. So like I picture him as this. Um, obviously you saw Mulholland Drive, like his little bit in that movie. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. He's, he's just, he's that alligator. Guy. Like he's just, I've he's never, an alligator, an alligator. I've never like, seen it. It's a I've shitty movie, it. but I love giving me an alligator. Movies, yeah, yeah. Especially those. The only reason I saw it. alligator, the only reason I saw Alligator was because I saw him. The first time I ever saw him was Jackie Brown, and I loved him That's so much. That's the first that time you saw Robert Forrester? That's the oh, first time I'd wow. ever seen Robert Forrester, and so I wow. went, I love this guy so much, I want to see as many oh. movies as being in. <laughs> so I kind of went on a binge and watched a whole bunch of Robert Forrester uh, films, and it was fun, because he's fun. To, he reminds me of, uh, oh shit, who's the guy that played Mannix? Oh my god, Mannix. Well, you I know, know the TV yeah, show. But I mean, I he's got the, that. I have no idea. What is that like? A well, I'm talking about the TV yeah. show, but the, the, the actors. Yeah, but I, 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 but, but he's got that look, and he's kind of like that kind of a sort of sort of like a rock. Mike, Hudson, Mike, I'm, Mike I'm Connors. Mike, Mike Connors. Connors. He reminds me of okay. Mike Connors. I like see you know, if, you know, it's like his sure. older brother, and it just yeah. like I, I tell. So I loved Manix right. when I was a kid. I watched the runs right. of, of right. Manix, and so I. I there was, now, I, can't I love Columbo. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I love Columbo. Here's yeah. my question, because there's a theory that I've read, is that, that all Tarantino's films, all nine uh, films and yeah, nine and a half, yeah, what do you want to call them, are either in the real world or the cinematic world of his making, almost like he created his own... We'll call it a Marvel Universe. I would actually like to go back and say call it a Planet of the Apes sort of thing but they're like they're all connected in some way and in Jackie Brown the things that I that I that I really loved first of all um, Keaton Michael Keaton who plays Ray yeah. Nicolette um, in in Jackie mm-hmm. Brown um, he also and I think he's great in this movie he didn't want to be he, he tried to convince Tarantino he shouldn't oh, no. be hired Ma- Michael Keaton yeah. is great in everything so. and everything I love it <laughs> but what I love is yeah. he he reprised the role of Ray Nicolette in Soderbergh's adaptation of Elmore Leonard's Out of Sight, which is one of my wife's favorite movies. Not only that is Jackie's Honda Civic, yes, when she yes, drives, yes, yes. is exactly the same right. car. Not nope. the same model, but the same fucking yep. car that, uh, that Bruce Butch, Willis. Uh, Bruce Willis, r- drove in Pulp Fiction. How to crash that Honda, baby. And and crashed, uh, yeah. And then the and then the last thing I think, is, and I love this shit because this is the kind of stuff that like, okay, you put this in here and you didn't expect too many people to to watch it, but if people are watching your movies, they're going to do this. Is when you see Max the first time he runs into Jackie Brown in mm. the mall, he's <laughs> leaving a movie oh, theater yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cineplex. Yeah, what's on it? And you can hear the in credit in credits music of the movie he's just seen. And it's the music that plays at the end of Jackie okay. Brown. So it is very effective to believe in an Easter egg way that the movie he just mm-hmm. watched was Jackie Brown, well, which is fucking funny, is weird, yeah, meta, and yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, it's the same. What's the song that <laughs> is it? Is it 110th Street? 
Cross Hundred. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cross so one could say yeah. he's just watching a revival production of Across One Hundred and Tenth Street. Which is maybe very possible. You know, but yeah, I just no, 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 love no, no. that I, there's that kind of yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. meta and then there's flavor. The, there's is the, really the, cool. Donnie Doskowitz, or whatever his name is, is the great grandson of the uh, of the the guy in Pulp Fiction. The guy in True Romance is the great great grandson yeah. of the guy in Inglorious Bastards, who's the 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 bear. I think they call him the Bear Jew with the baseball bat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The bear, yeah. the Bear Jew. So I, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's you know, I like the um, the use of red apple cigarettes. Uh, what else does he have? He there's the red apple yep. cigarettes. There's there's a couple other things. That he, there's Jack Rabbit yeah, Slim. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hawaiian. The, what's the Hawaiian um, place? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about. Kahuna, Kahuna yeah, Burger. Sure. Kahuna so, Burger. You know, yeah. I like it. It's cute. It's fun. Is it is was any of it ever intentional or on purpose? No. It's all it's all you know, and and it's fun. It's well, fun. I mean, the thing about it is in pulp fiction, in pulp fiction, she tells the story about Fox. Oh Force yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, that's, because that's exactly he, what well, killed because Bill he is, was already fucking so. right. I guarantee in some fucking notebook that he had somewhere, he already He's fucking had fucking Kill Bill half sketched out, and then just had I'm some sure. character in his movie fucking talk about it. Like that's what he does, and like yeah. it's cool. It's fun. I, here's here's another know. weird yeah. thing. In the movie, in the movie, you got Bridget oh, Fonda what? watching a Peter dad, Fonda yeah, movie Mary, with fucking yeah, Robert dirty, De Niro. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, I love like, that Mary, shit. Crazy Larry, right? Yeah. 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 No, it's, I love that I, look, stuff. I think it's, it's super all fun. intentional on his part, you know, and it's just a good thing that he's really fucking good. You know, because oh, if yeah. he like sucked a little bit, it would ju- uh, just it would. Be- and look, we've all seen like we've a all house seen, cards, like we've a all house seen a million cards. Tarantino fucking wannabe knockoff bullshit. Um, yeah, it's it, it. He's he's it. He's just that good. He really is. Um, yeah. I, I would yeah. love to talk about the opening and ending bookends of this movie. Um, yeah, you know, great. just the fact that he opens with across 110th Street. And closes with the same yeah. song. And to me, it's almost like that, like all of the music, you know, we talked about uh, Needle Drops last week, right? And I got to be honest, I, I mentioned uh, Mean Street, Scorsese, which I was 73, I believe. Um, yeah. I should have given more credit. Watching Coffee, watching Foxy Brown, I mean, those were 73, 70, fuck. Though all needle drop movies too, so like you know the fact that like they're giving these artists exposure through you know using their music in movies, but the fact that he uses the same song opening and closing, yeah, yeah, it's almost like she has her own, she has her own soundtrack going this entire movie, Jackie Brown. I mean, to the point where she she plays the uh, Delphonics. uh, Didn't I? Didn't I blow your mind this time? You know, that well, scene. Well, the, that thing, scene the thing I love is she plays. She plays it mm-hmm. for him, and one of Tarantino's ways of saying Robert Max Cherry is falling in love with Jackie Brown is that didn't you, oh, later go, on yeah. you just see him mm-hmm. randomly going and buying a cassette tape right. of the Delphonics, and then right. when they're in the car and Roby is taking him to his office to get his mm-hmm. fucking money, mm-hmm. he hears it and he goes, "Oh, you know mm-hmm. the Delphonics?" And he goes, "Yeah, yep." It's like I mean, 
It's really it's, consistent and very, it, very. Uh, it's like a great it's tapestry, just, and it's a and it's a fucking cool tapestry. Like I feel like, right. I, unlike his other movies, I feel like there's a, even Sam Jackson. I feel like there's a lot less trying in this one than there. It's a lot less. It's a it lot less happens. of actors knowing that they're saying cool shit. Like that comes a lot later, you know. Uh, and oh, including yeah, yeah, yeah. everything after this, frankly, um, people know that they're saying cool shit. Uh, maybe Inglorious Bastards maybe is pulled back more just because it's Kurt Russell and I love him. But yeah, this is a lot. People are not playing the cool shit that they're saying. They're just playing cool yeah. people. Yeah, they're just yeah, playing people. I love it. And well, and they, they are very cool people. The people happen to yeah, say shit. Cool they happen to happen to say. Well, not all. Robert, Robert De Niro. Uh, Lou well, is not cool. Nothing's cool about Lou. Lou's just a stoner yeah. piece of shit. I mean, and I love. If you want to talk about, here's an understated film. You have an actor that can oh. eat the yeah. fucking room yeah, yeah, of yeah. scenery who is so understated yeah. and quiet and simple. Nothing makes me laugh harder. And I've watched yeah, yeah, it enough times. Nothing makes me laugh harder is when you want to fuck? And he's like, okay. okay. Right, and right, then right, they right, fuck. Right, right, right. And he's like, yeah. Eh, yeah, you get right, a beer? Right. I mean, it just, it's yeah. just super fucking understated. I've heard, wonderful. I've heard it's that wonderful. he did not get along with Tarantino very well. I'm um, sure he didn't. So there's like, no question. The, Tarantino's the, fucking obnoxious, there's, there's, a, there's an interesting point where it's like, is he not... Is he so great because he's not doing anything because he doesn't have to do anything? Or is he so great because he's not doing anything because he just... What fucking time is it? When can I go home? I don't know. See, I don't get that. And if that, that is the case... That, I get that it was definitely a character that he was playing. And, 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 and what was really <laughs> nice about De Niro is... He was super generous with Sam Jackson and with Bridget Fonda because he really, in, in every scene mm -hmm. he's in, he does take a step back. I mean, he's one of the most charismatic actors on the yeah. fucking planet. He is one of the most recognizable actors on yeah. the fucking planet. He has played, you know, he's played Taxi Driver. He's did Rupert mm -hmm. Pupkin. He's, I mean, he's the fucking right. godfather. He He's one of the most recognized, and he went, I don't have to do much, and I'm going to let them shine. And if you watch mm -hmm. that movie, and you watch every, every scene he's in, he's letting, really... Sam Jackson win the just take it and ride with it and he's just reacting he's just really slowly reacting and the same thing when it comes to uh, to Bridget Fonda he still has those De Niro like that look on his face where well, it's like mm, the, the, there, there's, mm, there's his mouth he still has it but it's really understated there's and two I think amazing great. moments that he has in this movie for, for me the one is when uh, him and Fonda are in the mall and it's like during the heist and he's just like, shut the fuck shut the fuck up and it's like he's, he's trying to be cool oh, yeah. and he's trying to keep this shit together but like you know he could fucking explode at any point like it's amazing he's had enough and then the other yeah. is when he's in the car with or in the, the little uh, VW bus with uh, Ordell uh, Sam Jackson and he's like yeah. I don't know man I don't know I tried I tried I don't know and he's like what did you do and he's like yeah, I don't know I shot her and he's like well, you you shot who? what 
that whole exchange between him. It's so yeah, fucking brilliant. Why couldn't you hit her? Like, well, I like, could I, you know, what I didn't think oh, of it. Dude, it's that fucking exchange <laughs> is just, that's amazing. And then, yeah. yeah. And then to see, I mean, at, at some point, Sam Jackson, does, he's, he snaps at him. Something like, you just shut the fuck up yeah. and look at me or some, something. And I'm like, oh, shit. I was listening to it today. I was like, holy shit. Sam Jackson just did that to Robert De Niro. Like, what? That's, that's some balls as an act. Like, Sam has been working. But he's not Robert De Niro yeah. at that point. You know what I'm saying? Not yet. And the not fact that, that he point, was no he did that and that I was like, oh sh wow. God bless. God bless. Well, and I also think Ooh. that's I also think that 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 that's one of the things is like uh, uh Scorsese had De Niro for a while and then he went into Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Pretty much, you can argue that Quentin Tarantino has Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson's been every and, and he, almost everything he's, he's done. He's Not everything, it, but most. I was watching. There's a there's a little supplemental feature on the Blu-ray that I got, and Tarantino says he's like, you know, there are a lot of actors who can speak my my words, my you know, my dialogue. Who, and it sound it sounds sort of like how I wrote it, and the character sort of sounds like. Sam Jackson is the one. He's like. That is the voice in my head. You look for the person who will benefit, and uh, uh, you know. Uh, I am the walrus. You know you'll. Uh, uh, well, you know what I'm trying to say. I am the walrus. Uh, that fucking bitch. Oh yeah. I am the walrus. That's ex shut the fuck up, Donnie. V. I. Lennon, Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov. Uh, my first, my first film that I felt was influenced by by Jackie Brown is Black Dynasty. It's 2009. Um, it is. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a comic okay. spoof on black exploitation films. Okay. Michael mm -hmm. J. White mm -hmm. plots. It's a former CIA agent. The former CIA agent's name is yeah. Black Dynamite. He's got to avenge his brother's death while clearing cleaning the streets of a new drug that is ravaging the community. It's a parody. It's an homage. Um, and if and that's one of the reason I and I knew this movie long before we had this conversation. I saw it when it came yeah. out in the theater. Um, what I like about it is if you've never seen a black exploitation film, a good introduction, and perhaps and perhaps you're a little sensitive, like we were talking about earlier, a little sensitive to some of the very raw rawness of that. This is a good movie to kind of give you a soft opener. Yeah, it's a soft opener because it is definitely an homage. It is definitely a parody, and it's very funny. But then once you've seen it, I mean, it's what, the way I like it is if you knew black exploitation before, you're going to laugh your ass at this movie. Okay. You're just going to die. If you watch this movie and find it even remotely interesting, at least it's prepared you for a more serious version that you can go back and watch okay. from the 70s. I've never seen it. So I'm, I'm you know, listen. I think you would enjoy it. You. It's, I think Let's it's very it funny. Cause I, yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. I watched the uh, trailer and checked it out on, on Wikipedia and I'm like, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I've never seen that movie. Holy shit! It's funny. It's 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 a really it's it, it. What makes it funny is it's very obvious of two things. Again, it's one of the things that if if uh, you know, it's like uh, if you're gonna do parody, you oh have to yeah, own no, of course, shit. you have to know everything about it. And these filmmakers absolutely, absolutely knew the black exploitation right. tropes. They knew the language. They knew the shots. They steal shots directly from that they steal one of my favorite things about Black Dynasty and very few people know this I, well sure. I'm sure people know this but I thought it was interesting is that the the gun sound effects and the punching uh -huh. sound effects 
come directly from. They're the same sound effects as uh, some of the black exploitation okay. films of the day. They they lifted those sound effects this to is, put them in their movie, and I thought that was quite a tension. This is to reminding me of the Keenan Ivory Wayans movie. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Which of course I can't. Yeah, I can't yes. pick because this is 1988 and it's pre it's pre Jackie yeah. Brown. But like, yeah, the description of, of of what is it? It's Black Dynamite, right? Yeah, it's Black, Di- Dynasty. Black Dynasty. Is that what it's called? Okay, Dynasty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's reminding me of oh, I'm gonna get you sucker. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um. I, I guess my pick. Uh. I don't know. I. You know. I'm gonna go with Out of Sight first. It just. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mostly because of the Ray Nicolette character. Uh, uh. Michael Keaton reprises his role, uh, as the FBI agent, very briefly in Out of Sight. But the movie is just it. It's. There's some movies of this period. There's some movies in general that are just fucking cool. They're just cool. It's like not trying too hard. You know, it just people are just fucking cool in these movies. Um, so, Out of Sight was from... I'm going to pull it up here. Out of Sight was Steven Soderbergh. Released in yeah, 98. Uh, yeah, Elmore Leonard. 98. So, yeah, it's like... Yeah. So, he, he, so after, he was probably... I don't know how... Right. Yeah. Well, one of the things about Elmore Leonard, and I like that, is that Tarantino, uh, when, when he did Jackie Brown, did Run Punch, he was really worried that Leonard was going to be pissed off that he changed the, the, the white mm-hmm. protagonist to well, a black protagonist. Well, changed the scene from Miami to, you know, SoCal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this kind of stuff. So he ended up uh, finding out that Leonard really liked the script. They said that he came back, said that not only did he think it was the best adaptation of his work he'd ever read, he thought it was maybe the yeah. best script yeah. the, he'd ever read. And so that's a, that was a real thing. And, and Out of Sight, and the thing about it is that's what I think is so unique and wonderful about Out of Sight is that Soderbergh does, I don't know if it's an equally good adaptation, but it's a really good Really solid. No, I mean adaptation. he's the filmmaker, but the, this you know the, the scriptwriter of Out of Sight was A. Scott Frank. Um, he he had also written. Uh, do you remember uh, Little Man Tate? It was a uh, yeah yeah, yeah Jodie Foster's yeah. first movie, right? Jodie um, Foster Malice with uh, 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 what's her face Nicole Kidman, Bill Pullman, and. And oh uh, yes, Alec Baldwin, I, I think I do vaguely Alec remember Baldwin this. Is yeah. the surgeon. yeah, and you know, I mean, look, he's problematic. Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck? But you know, it's movies. Um, he says something like, uh, uh, "You know, uh, you ask me if, if if I think I'm God, I am God." You know, I mean, this guy had he wrote Minority Report. Um, you know, the, yeah. oh, the Wolverine, which I well, think I is know that. Oh shit! There's your there you go. There's, that's for you. He wrote the Wolverine. The Wolverine. The James. The Wolverine's Mangle. okay. No, really? It's not a great movie. No. It's not a. It's, also, it's not a great. He also wrote no, Logan. Logan, well, Logan is that. a great movie. Yeah, Logan is a great movie. The Wolverine is. Yeah, so, sorry. Yeah, I just want to. I just. I just want to point out, and you did. You, you mentioned Alec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. He said he's problematic. Here's my perspective on Hollywood. 
Every it's one of those motherfuckers would do a goddamn movie for 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 fucking Vladimir Putin if he paid him enough sure. money to do it. So no, I don't want to hear. They're that's all fine. fucking problematic. If you're in Hollywood, well, you're fucking you're, problematic. You're, uh, you guys were very generous, and you sent a box to me with some uh, books and some nice things. And one of them was uh, Hollywood Babylon, which I had heard about but never read mm-hmm. ever. Um, what's old is new. There have been fucking problems. Forever, Fatty for, uh, not even. Man. I mean, there's yeah, more than that. Yeah. Just, obviously, but like, just oh yeah, there's way more. The whole fucking thing is problematic. Yeah. So like, we're talking about movies. We're having fun with movies. I don't want to get into all the fucking politics of the big Yeah, I don't care about. It. All right. So my second one, my second one, I kind of, I kind of kept in the the vein of uh, of of sort of aping. I don't want to aping. Uh, sort of utilizing. The history of sure. black exploitation as a jumping-off point for a film that is obviously more financed and and arguably much better than the movies mm-hmm. that were made in the seventies. Twenty eighteen's Proud Mary stars uh, Taraji P Henson, um, and uh, it's basically you know about it's it's the standard trope of it's an assassin who's got to look after a young teenage boy after a hit job goes wrong. It's the thing is, it's not a great, great movie, but she gives Henson gives a really outstanding performance. I, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I can't think of anything she's been in that I didn't think I can oh. say the same thing. I think I think she is Tragedy Henson is just a spectacular presence watch, in film, and I think she's Empire phenomenal. At all? No. I never watched Empire. Okay. Um, I just, it's, I did, it's TV. Despite the fact that it yeah, was yeah. filmed in Chicago, but yeah. I was really not into it. I, I'm sure I'm at some curious. point I will, because okay. I'm sure I can. But uh, I just think she's. Uh, I think she is a, a really outstanding. I don't even know. If she, the thing is, I don't even know if she's a great actor. I think she's a great actor. I just think she is like Pam Greer. I don't know if Pam Greer is a great actor, but she is such a magnifying screen presence. That she just holds every fucking frame she's in, and you can't turn away. And I think her her ver- like I said, I don't think Proud Mary is the greatest movie I ever saw, but uh, you know it did have Danny Glover in it. It did have Zayn, you know, and it's a great. So you got it. You got to yeah. you know it. You know it's gonna take 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 it with a grain of salt. But I loved it, and and I definitely think there's no way. If Jackie Brown had not been made and been successful, that, they would have made Proud, Proud Mary. That is fair. I'm going to um, go with my next pick is Heist, the 2001 movie written and directed by David Mamet. Speaking of Mamet, yeah. Speaking of Mamet, um, yeah. Just, dude, again, it's just fucking cool. It's, it's, it's yeah, just, it's a great movie. You know, wow, whether it's a great movie or not, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's a, it's oh, a, I think it's, it's a great interesting, movie. It's an interesting I love story that movie. told very well. Is it like brilliant? Let's put it this way: not really. It's just well, he's, he's servicing the, the story. The thing is, Mammoth's not a brilliant. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Mammoth's not a brilliant yeah. filmmaker, but yes. he is a brilliant yes. writer. And and it's, what he reminds me of is, in some ways, Aaron Sorkin, who started <sighs> yeah. as a playwright. And I think Aaron Sorkin is a brilliant playwright and a middling mm-hmm. director. That when Aaron Sorkin has a great director, his films fucking come to life. Yep. I mean, like Rob Reiner yeah. with A Few Good Men yeah. and he fucking needs, uh, David it's, Fincher it's like with Social Network. He needs an editor. And the director can serve. And I feel the okay. same way yeah, about Mamet. 
I feel exactly the way I said about Mamet is is if you take a Mamet script and you have somebody that's like an actual director, the problem with Mamet, and I actually yeah. don't think it's a problem. A critic, I think it works. A criticism of, it's a Mamet yeah, film. I don't even know if it's a criticism. It's just mm. a thing he does, and that's why Rebecca Pigeon is really only in movies by Sam Jackson because his instruction to actors is, I don't want you to act. I just want you to open your mouth and speak the lines I wrote. And she's really good at not acting <laughs> and speaking the lines that are written. Um, and so that's yeah, that works. But if you see her in anything else, I don't else, think I've seen her in anything else. She's terrible. I've seen her in David Mamet yeah. movies. Yeah, and did she, he direct State of Maine? She is serviceable. I mean, because State of Maine I is actually know. a good movie, and I like it, but. Let's see. State and Maine. You can... But no, I, I love Heist. In fact, what's so funny about it that you mentioned when he I saw it on the list. Too. Yes, he did. I want to... Okay. Like two... Like two I want to say two weeks ago, maybe three, um, I was just feeling it. And I remembered... Uh, I love yeah. Gene Hackman. And, and I remembered really liking... Uh, that movie, maybe Dude. it was. It was. Uh, that's what I was. Dude. I was re-listening. I was re-listening to some of our stuff, and okay. I was re-listening to Heat. And I went, you know what? I want to watch yeah, a heist yeah. film. I'm in so, the mood for a heist film. We talked about heist films. Heist. And I went, oh my god, I got to watch Heist. So I oh, literally wow. just. I mean, not okay. that long ago, watched Heist. Dude, so when I saw it on the list, I went, yeah, 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 absolutely. Danny fucking oh. DeVito. I I think Danny DeVito gets lost too much in. He's a brilliant comedian. Don't get me wrong. And I think there's been a generation of people who only know him from fucking Sunny in Philadelphia, which is fine, which is fine. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a great fucking show. Which is fine. It's, it's totally great fine. great people on that show. The writing is fun. But God damn it, some of his, I mean, his dramatic work. We're going to cover Cuckoo's Nest at some point. And he's, he's just... He's, he's extraordinary he's really, in, in Heist. He's also, but he's also extraordinary in LA Confidential. Yet another Elmore Leonard one. And get Shorty. One, right? I mean, so, yeah, the Elmore Leonard, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, that is... Yeah. That's some yeah. quality yeah. goods. All right. All right, you ready for some uh, some teasers? Yeah, I don't, I don't know yours. Mine. So, I, we could... Let's do yours first. I don't know yours. Yeah. All right, we're going to do mine first. This is my teaser. They have been edited down for time. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pictures could move, yeah, skin in the game. It's a bad miracle. They got work for that. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. It is nope. It's the next uh, 
Jordan Peele. It's Peele. the next Jordan yep. Peele film. Um, and uh, I don't know if you knew that uh, around the time that you were my improv student, Jordan Peele was one okay. of my improv students. And so, uh, so yeah, so I, I love the fact that he has... Because I always thought he was a very, very funny improviser. I loved his show with uh, Michael... Um, but yeah. uh, or Keegan, um, but I really, 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 really like his uh, trajectory. Um, I've liked everything he's done so far. I didn't like the the Twilight Zone thing as much, but I'm really looking forward to Nope because it, it it's got all the hallmarks of a great what the fuck is going on here horror film. He's amazing. I mean, I, look, his movies are outstanding. They're just outstanding. I just oh, yeah. I can't I can't yeah like they're they're he's one of my favorite modern filmmakers I don't know if I put air quotes around it you know what I mean like he's one of the people I'm watching yeah, now yeah. you know there's a few people we can get into later but like he's he's amazing he used to date a roommate of mine um, I got pot from him one time like he's a really nice cool guy at the time he was coming from New York City so he didn't even own a car. He took cabs and shit around Los Angeles because this was like pre-Uber and all of that shit. Yeah, he just took cabs around the entire fucking time. Yeah, but just yeah. a really fucking sweet guy. He was on Mad TV back then. That's what it was. Fucking Mad TV. Oh, he's TV. great. And like, yeah, he's a great, he's a, he's a very just, funny you know. kid and uh, I, I'm pleased to have met him and uh, I'm enjoying watching yeah. his success. I, I, still, so, I yeah. still have nope. a DVD of his right. that I'd like to Here. get back. So if you're listening... Jordan Peele, I have your DVD. <laughs> Let me know. I'll bring it back to you. All right. Yeah. There you go. All right. And here is your Duh. surprise trailer. If I was going to look up one problem cop as a prime example of what's gone wrong here in Baltimore, where would I start? I guess we want to yeah, run a little hypothetical by it. I said we're on an investigation. We found a big-time drug dealer, like real fucking monster, right? We, uh, you know, we get wind on where he's keeping his cash. And we actually come upon that cash. Everything changed when they came up with that expression, the war on drugs. With the war comes police militarization, the complete gutting of the Fourth Amendment. They put me in a unit made up of a bunch of the biggest crooks in the whole goddamn department. There's all this money to be made, and I'm somehow supposed to be playing by the book with these motherfuckers? In a war, you need warriors. On the ground, get down on the ground! You have enemies. In a war, civilians get hurt and nobody does anything. In a war, you count the bodies, and then you call them victories. City. We own this city. Is this a is this yeah, a TV a show or a movie? It's like a little what is it? A mini series? I guess they're calling it. Not even a limited. No, okay. I don't even think it's series. called a limited. Cool. I think it's just called a mini series. We got limited series. We got mini series. We got maxi series. What do we got now? They they they, they don't they don't well, they don't do mini series This is six episodes. Network. So they're calling it. Well, they're it's calling it a mini series, series on Wikipedia. I mean. You argue with HBO, not me. All right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 anyway, it's I, David. It's David Simon. Look, I came to the wire. I, I came to the Always wire David very, Simon. very, very late. I did not see the wire until after I watched Breaking Bad. To be honest, I had already seen. I had already seen oh, the Sopranos, okay. of course. I mean, it's a fucking great show. 
I was living on my own in my little one-bedroom fucking apartment, and I just started binging every fucking thing. And The Wire I tore up, like, all three seasons, or I think it's three seasons. Dude. Four uh, seasons. I did it four in, seasons. like, a month. I just did the whole fucking thing. So... The fact that he's doing this, yeah. uh, you know, I, I got a soft spot for John Bernthal. I think he's a good guy. I think he does good work. I'm interested. Yeah, Bernthal, Bernthal's yeah, in he's it. Like, I guess he's the fucking main guy. I did, yeah. Like yeah. you said. Yeah. I mean, God bless. Um, I'm really interested in seeing Josh Charles, who I haven't seen since, like, the fucking 80s, I don't think. And Treat Williams. Yeah. Oh, I love Treat Williams. I don't know what... Either of them have been up to in their career, so I'm really interested in seeing both of them. Tree Williams was like an—he was like an Dude, Everwood. Tr- recently, I've ne- what is Everwood? What the fuck is Everwood? No, that wasn't the, recent. Is, is that a WB it? show? That was like a oh, I was going to say show. WB. Fuck you, WB shows. one of those fucking shows. Yeah, really? Yeah, it's one of those fucking shows. About a teenage girl. He played her dad, and I'm glad he got paid for that house in Malibu. Whatever. Anyway. Anyway, oh, oh, yeah, Gabrielle Cateris is in this too. From um, she used to be our SAG president, but she was on nine hundred two one zero. Very interesting. All right, yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay, I don't fucking care. I don't. I, I never it looked watched interesting. that show either. I like cop shit. You know, I like that kind of shit. I'll watch it. Anything from the guy from the water. There you go. That was a good. That was a good fucking series. Right, see, I'm with you. It was a, I mean, one of the best kind of television watch. series of all time. Um, although I would argue, I would argue that the only one that I think is uh, is, is better in depth is the leftovers. Oof. But uh, yeah, we'll have to. I think that's one of the best goddamn mini or whatever you want to call it, three season series I've ever seen really? in my life. In my life. <sighs> oh God! Damn, I, I, love I loved thing. the first. I loved the first uh, season. I guess. I guess. What season. is it called? I See, the know. thing is, it just got weirder and fucking weirder, and it ended so. Look, this could go well. off the rails anyway. because you know. So, I who knows if this is going to be any good? I I, I enjoyed I enjoyed Sopranos. I'm going to watch it. I hated the fucking many say. I hated hey, many say to work. You recommended Texas. You recommended Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Dana and I watched it, and it was so fucking bad that she laughed through the whole thing, and then said, "Sorry, I'm laughing." I said, "No, no, that's appropriate." And I, I brought some joy. I brought some laughter and joy. You did bring you some go. joy. That's all that matters. Yeah. And the nostalgia porn of that was that they actually used the actual chance. And they also the used movie. John Larroquette to do the opening monologue. Yes, they so did. There you go. All right. There you go. See, Full it's circles. like, all right, there you go. All right. So uh, that yeah. is Jackie Brown and Tarantino. What have we you got? Know, up for I'm going to be honest. My dad's, in the, my dad's in the hospital. It's your choice. And uh, he's doing okay. Everything's all good. So don't anybody worry. But. Um, He's a Turns big out he's fan. a big fan. How you doing, sir? Yeah. I hope you're feeling better. Rock so, and roll. As a shout out to face. him, I would like to go with uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. That is the show, everybody. Please, uh, if you enjoy the show, go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Go ahead and give us a recommendation or not. Write a you know twenty five word review, even if it's just like the word is cake, Sweet. and you write it twenty five times. You. I don't give a shit. But uh, visit litterdate.com, join our mailing list, and uh, we'll work. catch you in two weeks. <laughs>